Okay, okay. What's up? What's happening, everybody? Welcome to Cloud Nine and a Straight Shot. The podcast is going down. It's really going down tonight. This is a special night. This is a special night. This is a special evening. <laughs> well, it's special for me. <laughs> no, I, I your your humility. We'll talk about his humility here in a second. But you know, today is special. Um, I'm going to actually get right into it because you know, you guys, I typically are going to the whole spiel and say, oh, you know, I catch us on Spotify, all this stuff. But today, I have someone special in the studio, and let me tell you, I uh, I made a call to this gentleman. And uh, um, I've just admired him from afar for for years. Many of us have, actually, quite a bit of us, especially here in uh, Sacramento, have admired this man from afar. Um, And those of you who know him already know what I'm sitting next to. Um, I I don't, uh, I know he doesn't like people boosting him up and uh, saying all the, giving all these accolades, but I think it's well-deserving. So for me, um, to be quite honest, it's just amazing to be around such an artist. Um, you know, and you know, you guys know me and how I am about music and the arts, uh, you know, uh, artists are close to God. That's what makes the universe go round. And this is why it's such a pleasure, uh, to, uh, speak with this, this legendary, he doesn't like me saying legendary, (laughs) but he is, I want to give it up for Sacramento's own world renowned. I'm going to say it, uh, legendary musician, Sacramento's own Roger Smith is in the building. Hi, Roger. Hey, what's up? Uh, <laughs> Roger came in on a humbug. He's like, girl, I got your back. I'm actually in town. <laughs> you know, well, welcome home. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's nice to be here uh, to actually my house. Oh, that's, that's my house, you know, and uh, because, yes, I do live out of a suitcase about <laughs> 200 days a year. Yeah, I, I okay. Well, we, we're going to get into that because, first of all, how I'm shocked that you're even in town. Um, you know, you, you were playing with, oh, my God, the most legendary band on the planet that probably has the most gigs on the planet. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you ask any of the guys in the band, they'll totally agree with Never you. T- <laughs> <laughs> you know, guys, for those of you who do not know this gentleman, uh, of course, please add him um, onto your Facebook page if you do not already have him. Again, his name is uh, Roger Smith. We're going to get into some good stuff. And, you know, um, we don't have Roger along today, but I'm going to go right into the good stuff because, like I said, for me to have this level of brilliance, this level of artistry, this man has burnt up ham and organs. He set them to fire. Okay, so let's talk about that. First of all, I always, from the beginning, like to say, 
Where did it all begin for you, Mr. Roger Smith? Where did it begin? Well, it actually began right here in Sacramento. Okay, in Sac. Yeah, right here in Sac, uh, truncating the story. I won't bore you with the details. but <laughs> No, it uh, is it was, not boring at all. You know, it, it, I was in the sixth grade, uh, fifth grade, take that back. Uh, one of my dear friends, um, Ronald McGriff, was my neighbor. He's a pianist, and his dad also played organ. Uh-huh. And uh, Jimmy McGriff. Jimmy McGriff, okay. The famous Jimmy McGriff. Oh, wow, wow. Okay, that's where I learned my first two songs. Get out of here. From what I thought was a church organ, which I later found out was a Hammond B3. Oh, them them Hammonds. And uh, I learned, uh, he he taught me Down the Road a Piece and Little Red Rooster. Little Red Rooster. You probably was tearing up some Little Red Rooster. You know, and and, uh, I know a lot of you kids out there probably don't even... Little Red Rooster, what song is that? <laughs> you know, down the road a piece, what are you talking about? A mile? No. no, no. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, no, those are two iconic blues tunes um, that were made famous, I think it was 19, wow. the 50s, so early you, 50s. You yeah. started with the blues. Yeah, always in the blues. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's yeah. so amazing. So let's start folks off, where are you actually from? I'm from Dallas, Texas. Oh, from te- you were Texan? I'm a Texan. Okay, how did that come about that you made your way here from Dallas to Sacramento? How did that happen? At my folks. <laughs> my mom and daddy, you know, they, they, uh, they came from... Uh, Little uh, country town down there, Carthage, Texas. Uh, you have to be from the country to know where that is. Oh, you have to be from the you country. Know, yeah, you got to be all the <laughs> way sound, down. It's, it's a, sound country. It's called Piney Woods. <laughs> oh, my God. And so, anyway, they, they worked themselves all the way west. Uh-huh. Uh, we started off in a little town uh, south of Kingsburg, California. Oh, wow. Called New London, California. New Lynn, I don't think yeah, I've ever. It's wedged between Dinuma, uh, Visalia. Oh, Visalia, okay. All down I'm proud there. to know. I know where Visalia yeah. is at. Well, uh-huh. the, it's a little bitty town. And uh, believe it or not, uh, just like my friend Larry Davis, we picked cotton here in California. Oh, wow. Literally wow. picked it. Not not a, an automated machine, folks. Yeah. We Y'all had, was out there, we hands in the make. Oh, wow. I had a potato sack. Mom and dad had those long ones that you see in pictures uh-huh. and, and in history books. That's what was we out did. there right here in California, in California, right there in the Imperial Valley. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So these are the things. Wow. That's helped shaped shaped you. So when you you started playing while you were in Dallas and then you decided to just keep moving forward. Did you go in? Were you Actually, playing in the church? I wasn't doing anything. Oh, wow. See, when we came out here, I was about five. OK. And uh from there, we moved up to Fresno. From Fresno, oh, we Fresno. wound up right out here in the Heights. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're from the Heights, too. Yeah. Del Paso. There's a lot of Pacers out there. Yeah. I'm sure they know what the yeah. Heights, <laughs> the Del yeah. Paso Heights is about. Right here in Del Paso Heights, uh, right over there on Fig. Uh-huh. Wow. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yep. So, it was going down. So, when did you, when you, when you moved here, you started, you said you were five years old. I was five. Now, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Like, five, six, I always went to church, but I never played. Uh-huh. Tinkled around, but. Didn't understand it. Yeah. I didn't get it until I was about in the fifth grade or so. Then I started listening to these Hammond players and really, oh, and they started showing me where to put my fingers on the keyboard. Yeah. 
And where then, where the lamb? That's where it blew up. And so, what about your musical influences at the time? Um, like personal, like uh, maybe family. You have family uh, influences. It was, it was my perhaps. mom and dad started it because they used to have house parties. Now, see, okay, you know let's talk about the family and the house parties. Oh yeah, they used to have house parties, <laughs> and all I heard was Jackie Wilson. I heard Brooke Benton, <laughs> Dinah Washington. You know, yeah, and, the whole nine. Oh, all of it. Oh, and, Dinah Washington, you know, and that's what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, you know, I know notice a lot of musicians they're up is in the church. Now, did you play in any churches here in the city or in, uh, in the Heights area? I, I only played in one church, and that was Capital City Seventh-day Adventist Church. Okay. That's where I started and um, uh, pretty much where I got a lot of my foundation. Oh, that's, yeah, playing, that important. That playing for the choir. Playing, playing them for, chords on that organ. Yes, doing all that. And uh, uh, I wanted to expand, so, you know, I looked at the front door and went out the front door. <laughs> Now, where, now, let's talk about that front door. Where where did it lead outside that front door? Because when did you decide that, you know, you were going to take music serious or that, that you had something? Because everybody that plays, let's be honest, you know they ain't out here doing what you do right now. Well, I felt it, but I really didn't understand. I, you know, I wasn't into playing in, in bars or anything yet. Uh-huh. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed playing. And I'm self-taught. I hadn't taken lessons. So oh, self-taught. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I would go out and I, I met uh, the late um, had Jimmy some mentors Daniels. out there. Yeah, uh-huh. Jimmy Daniels on guitar, uh, who was it, and they uh, were blues. They were more blues players. No, straight ahead jazz. Oh my yeah. god! Wow. Straight ahead jazz guys and uh, Jimmy. I see it was Jimmy Robinson, Jimmy Daniels. Uh, oh God! Why can't remember that? Steve, Steve, um, sax player, uh, he, he's he's since passed on. Uh huh. But you remember as a oh Mar- uh, Marlon? No, Marlon's in the studio. Marlon said, Steve Gundy. Steve Gundy. Thank Look you at Marlon out here. Stephen Gundy. Uh, uh, like I said, Jimmy Robinson and uh, Al Bent. Uh huh. And uh, these guys tutored me. They wasn't playing. No, out they here. were not playing. Oh, wow. And, and there's straight a place, ahead jazz. That's straight ahead a- jazz. Yeah. That's when there were a lot of clubs here in town. Uh-huh. Over there at, uh, you know where McGeorge is. Yeah. McGeorge School of Law. Uh-huh. Right there on that little corner with that little Y right there at the park. Oh, my God. There, I was, know a, there was a club there called the Maja. And uh, it used to be back in the day. Back in the day. And they used to play in there all the time, right? So, fast forward. They had they had taught me all these songs right? and doing you know. straight ahead jazz. You mean to tell yeah. me club owners was out here receiving straight ahead jazz in this city? Well, in this city, yes. Wow this this was a city known for quote unquote the Chitlin Circuit. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know there were a lot. You, know, uh-huh. you had Brown's Paradise. You had Floyd Boston. Okay, joint, yeah. Let's talk know. about this because these yeah. historical references. This is exactly why I get legends like you, people like you, Sacramento's own local artists out here that's out here doing it. I love the history because I think that that's sometimes we forget that. And I think it's very, very important for us to realize that there's a foundation. We all, I mean, you know, to be honest, uh, for Marlon, just from here, Marlon's references and a lot of musicians around here um, that have been, you know, uh, around when, uh, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Let's talk about that club circuit. So tell me, the club owners, were, were they receiving the straight ahead jazz and the music, the good music? and the, Like you said, it's the Chitlin Foundation. Let's talk about yeah. that. Well, basically, these are black owned clubs. Uh-huh. Um, and so it was, there were a lot of places, a few. Quite a sound yeah. like quite a but, few. <laughs> but... Uh, 
you know, BB King has come through, Bobby Blue Bland. Oh, Bobby Blue. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. And they, they would come through here all the time. And there was a place called the Coconut Grove, which is over there. I've heard of Coconut Franklin Grove. Franklin 47. Uh-huh. I've upstairs. heard of it. I saw Ike and Tina Turner there when I was. Oh, my. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Ike and Tina was out here in Sacramento making it happen. Oh, man. And yeah. you was in the audience. I, I Yeah, my cousin snuck me in. But so, so so what age were you on the circuit? When What age did you start? Because you're obviously some of those mentors were probably having you in there before you were age of 21. Actually, <laughs> I, I just. I, well, no, I wasn't 21 when they had me. You're probably 16, 17, yeah. looking, trying yeah. to look older. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I graduated. I was about yeah, 18, 19. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, so Jimmy and all those guys, they, they, were, they were mentoring me and tutoring me. And of course, I was a knucklehead. <laughs> I didn't take it seriously. And I didn't understand uh, exactly, I didn't understand the dynamic of being a real, honest to God, committed musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't get that. Oh, you didn't get that and these brothers Because you were just out, having fun. Yeah. These brothers were coming out on their own dime, teaching me how to play. I got on stage and I couldn't make my way through the first eight bars of uh, Lush Life. <laughs> and uh, Lush Life isn't an easy tune to play. See, I tell you. And uh, so Lush Life, for all you guys who know, that's a traditional jazz tune. Wow. And it's not an easy one to play. A and lot you of were out there. Now, here's what they did. This oh, is they here we up. go. All right. I'm on stage. All the brothers, they were all up there playing. I'm up there just, hey, you know. So uh, Jimmy Daniels, the guitar player, steps off. Al and Steve Gundy step off, and it's just me, Bob Bell, oh, and Jimmy Robinson. Man. And so the first four bars, I had it. After oh. those first four bars, you were done. I was done. <laughs> and Bob and, and 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 Steve was out in the audience, and uh-huh. there were a bunch of brothers in and there. They were like, and they, and they were get your mm, now off yeah, the get, 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 get this get off your... the stage. <laughs> get and literally, this really happened. And you had one way in, one way out. Uh-huh. Then. So, so Bob, you moved, you skedaddled yeah. yourself off the stage. With a lot of help from the bass player. Thank you, Bob Bell. <laughs> so Bob Bell helped me. He said, man, just, just stop playing. Stop playing. I got you. So oh, he started doing a bass good. solo. So his solo covered up for yeah, what so your- I could slide off the keyboard and try to get somewhere and hide. <laughs> while, while Steve Steve Gundy was the loudest voice out there. He was hot because I didn't learn this stuff. Yeah. So you came in unprepared. Oh, I, I packed my stuff up after 10 minutes in the place. See. And left. But, hey, that's a life experience, yes. though. I'm sure that's what made you bad. You didn't forget that experience Never, right there. Ever. I bet you learned that no. song. You learned and, that and song. And some more, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, right you. I already know. Yeah. Now, tell me, with those influences, when they, they like you said, they had you at clubs, playing in clubs, a circuit, like you said, Sacramento was, quote, unquote, the Chitlin circuit. Mm-hmm. So how old were you when you were playing in these clubs? Uh, I was about 19. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And then you decided, okay, you know, I'm going to take it serious. We're going to go to the next. Because let's start with your, perhaps your first opportunity that came about. Um, you know, when did, when did you finally get on the road? Because I know there's a lot. Of, I, I, I bring a lot of artists again on like you, because um, it's not too many in, in, in SAG that will actually get on behind a mic and interview. But I'm so appreciative that you are because I want to actually, there's a lot of young musicians <laughs> out here. Okay, young artists, and uh, art artists changed. You know that music has changed si- significantly. You yeah. you can tell us a lot about that. But I I really want to musicians and artists to remain encouraged. This is why I want them to hear these stories because these are story. First of all, learn your music. That's a right. Practice, because practice, go practice. ahead and practice. Because yep. Roger Smith almost got kicked. He got kicked off the stage. And man. it's not the first time. Uh, <laughs> 
So you were just young <laughs> and out there. Yeah. So let's talk about your first opportunity when you decided that, hey, you know what? I'm going to take this serious and this is what, what's going to happen. I'm going to be a, a full-time musician. I'm going to make some money. Okay. Well, after that incident, mm-hmm. all right, uh, basically what happened, guys, uh, there's, there's about a two-year span that I won't dwell into, but I, I served my country. Okay. Oh, wow. And I'll Military. leave it Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, so I, while in San Antonio, um, uh, it's a hospital facility right there, Fort oh, Sam wow. Houston. Uh-huh. So uh, we would all go to this little area called- Oh, because you were back in Texas. Yeah, you were stationed was, back in Texas. I was stationed back. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. So we went to um, this place called, it was special services where they held musical instruments. Uh-huh. And so I'd just be in there- you know, messing around, Canada. jamming, and you know, I, I kind of learned that Santana song that anyway. Oof. And so, like, I'd play along with uh, some of the Colonel's kids and stuff like that. Uh huh. Got uh, discharged, came on back home, uh, got a phone call uh-huh. from from one of the kids from and said he, he wanted to start a band. I t- well, wait, we don't even know each other. Wait, so you know? he it was that much impact, and he called you. He you called impacted me up him. And, and didn't you know we really. We knew each other, but not really. Wow! And so uh-huh. I, I go back to Austin and to uh, start up this band. This with, young man with wanted this to young start man, up. yeah. And uh, fast forward, we we created a group called uh, Blind Melon. Uh huh. And I for, saw that in your I saw that yeah. in your bio originally. Now all the uh, all you popsters out there probably remember the band called Blind Melon. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was totally different than what we were doing. Yeah, I actually but, have never heard of that yeah. band. Man. But we uh, I owned the copyright. That was it was my trademark. Oh wow, Blind Melon. So uh-huh. uh huh. Getting back to it, in the Blind Melon band at that particular time was a very young and bad Eric Johnson guitar player. Okay. Um, I'm sure. Marlon, Marlon over there. Is. Marlon yeah. over here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Eric Johnson was a guitar <laughs> player. Kyle Brock was on bass. Uh, Roscoe Beck, bass player, was bass. And these are, these are they were ten teenagers. Teenage. 14. Oh, you know. young. Mm-hmm. And uh, while with Blind Millen, the first opportunity that I had ever in life for a, a, a major move up was with the late Freddie King. Oh, Freddie King, uh huh. Yeah. It was a place called the Armadillo World Headquarters. And uh, I had a black Hammond B3 in Blind Melon. Oh, go and, figure. Um, the Hammond, them black so, Hammonds and followed you, huh? So, <laughs> and, and they used it uh-huh. uh, on this big stage all the time. We rented it to him. So Freddie came to town and uh, his organ player was sick. So I just took a leap. I went up and knocked on his door. I said, hey, Freddie, I'll play. He said, sure. Come on down. Oh, so, just sure. And, and that, so I wound up playing with Freddie for about, oh, just about five weeks. Oh, you know? my God. That's, and, that's a great opportunity. And, and one thing led to another. We went Freddie King, Leon Russell. Uh, man, dog, and and just snowballed after that. Wow! So yeah. a lot of these opportunities were really somewhat grounded in Texas. Yes. Okay. And so when you decided, I wanted to know about it was a band called Sunbear. Oh yeah. Let's get to that oh, because definitely- <laughs> I I was so like, wait a minute, the Soul Train. Wait, we need to talk about this band, Sunbear. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you joining us again, we're a Cloud Nine and a Straight Shot the podcast. We have a Sacramento's own um, world-renowned musician, uh, Roger Smith, in the building. Um, he's I'm so blessed to have this gentleman in here telling us uh, about his musical journey because it is quite a journey as an artist. So I uh, was uh, doing my kind of doing my research, but I followed Roger for a long time, you know, around around the community. His name is very, very hot. But I I saw that there was a band by the name of Sunbear that was somehow attached to the Soul Train. Okay, (laughs) so we want to talk about Soul Train. How, How did that 
come about? And was that your band? Was no. that mm-hmm. my my good friend Aguna G Sun? Aguna, I, I know Aguna. Yeah. Uh huh. And God bless his soul, rest in peace, uh, Warner Bear uh-huh. Shukner. Wow. They were partners. They were songwriting partners and musical partners. Uh huh. Aguna and I go back to the country. See? Here we go. <clears throat> yeah, so. Here we go. <laughs> and another fine brother here in town, Mr. Larry Davis, if you listen. Oh, this is Larry all Davis. About Larry yeah, Davis. I know Larry Davis. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, Larry had a uh, Hammond C3, and uh, Aguna and I used to load that C3 up in the back of my daddy's pickup, and we'd play. It was like Frosty and Lee Michaels. We were just organ drums. Uh huh. And we play. We just go play for high school kids. And just jamming, just jamming yeah. all over. And we, didn't we had a good time. But we 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 spent a lot of time together, Agoon and I, yeah, along with Larry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Agoon also played in Larry's bands uh, back in the day. I think. Yeah, was, I actually yeah. heard a lot about Larry Davis and uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the bands. Uh, what, what was the name McNasty. of McNasty? McNasty. Yeah. That's what everybody talks about. Uh, McNasty. <laughs> they was out here. McNasty wasn't playing. What yeah. are, these these band names are something else. But no. So so some bear. You guys said you went out to the country. Y'all. Yeah, now, okay, let me back up again. All right, so Aguna was signed. Him and Bear uh, got the deal with Don Cornelius and Dick Griffey's Solar Records, the sound of L.A. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, so, Which is major. Yeah, so they, they, they got their first major deal. And uh, I'm probably getting it most of it right, but forgive me if I'm not Aguna if you're listening. Especially Tana, Tanya, call in. Uh, Tanya. <laughs> if you're listening, call in. But Aguna and Bear were signed by uh, Don Cornelius. Oh, wow. And Aguna called me up, and uh, and I went on down to L.A., and we spent time together. <sighs> we we put the time in. We ground it out. So we how rehearsed. far after this was it uh, your, with, with your, from your band, The Blind Melon? Um, to to the Sun Bear. How long was it? Was it a significant amount of time? In no, which not you... really. It was about, I'd say, six years. That's a maybe? major gig. Yeah. That's a major six gig. Years, yeah. So were they paying good money back then? <laughs> <laughs> was you out here in L.A., you well, know, with the mattress? Let me tell you something. You know, with no, one mat sleeping no. on the floor? We were all good. <laughs> See, uh, Aguna and Bear had, we uh, Sun, uh, Soul Train put us up. In Venice Beach, Ooh. right there, out there on the beach. See, this and you, we had a little old house out there. You that's were profiling we at twenty something. Uh-huh. Oh, we, we had it going on. <laughs> it was a cool gig. It, it uh, we had a couple, three or four local guys that were in that band. Mick Valentino being one. I know Mick Valentino. Uh, he see. burns up guitars, leaves and them the for late, dead. The late uh, Vincent Ebo, lead vocalist. I don't know Vincent. Yeah. I gotta just look, check him yeah. out. Late Vincent Ebo. Uh, Fabulous vocalist. He wow. was with us as well. So, yeah, Sun Bear was kind of like, uh, for my career, with the music that was written by Aguna and Bear, it was kind of like the highlight for me. It uh, Some of the most challenging stuff that I've ever learned, played, rehearsed with. Oh, so like, because that was kind of the funk. Were you doing it, it a lot of funk? funk? It was funk, funk, but it was also a hybrid funk oh way before okay, it's let's time. talk about that way before it's time now t- tell us up yeah. tell tell uh, tell us about school us on hybrid funk. well at this time you know like funk was considered you had a certain path yep you know everything is on the one which you ain't do. nothing wrong with that yeah you know? yeah but <laughs> sun bear everything didn't necessarily land on the one all well, the time uh, that, you know <laughs> and uh and we rehearsed this stuff it was just like we were the antithesis of tower power uh-huh you know, towers really tight. All oh, those little oh, parts. Oh, oh, yeah. Intricate. Well, our, we took the same approach in Sunbear. We'd have a full rehearsal at that little house with all the horns and everything. They'd leave. Oh, and you had a full horn section. Yeah. 
Yeah. They, when they would leave, me, Bear, and Naguna, and Mickey would be up till 11 o'clock going over the parts again. And we worked. I mean, we we grounded out. We, I mean, we put the work in. hybrid phone. Yeah. Okay, that ain't no joke. And it's so funny when you say on the one, because I was watching uh, an interview with uh, Bootsy Collins, and he was saying about his experience playing with uh, James Brown and how he said he didn't even think James Brown knew where the one was because he was <laughs> like, just play it on the one. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, yeah, tell, let's talk about the one. <laughs> you know. The, the one is... Uh, that's that signature. Is the ultimate number yeah. in music. <laughs> Everything is on the one. Everything on the what? Everything on the what? Yeah. Ah. So, <laughs> right see, and that's fun- that's funky. So, yeah. you in that band with Some Bear, then you were basically you guys were the house band for a lot of the majors, then, right? Well, that, some of them we. Well, I know you. I yeah, know in your repertoire, I said Gladys Knight. Yeah, you played for different. Yeah, different. I, I worked with Gladys for a while. I worked with. Um, Jerry Jeff Walker, country. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Waylon Jennings, Michael Martin Murphy. Yeah, Jeff uh, Beck. I saw Jeff a lot Beck. of you. Uh, so many. It, it just, it, when I was in Austin, I was told by this organ player named James Polk because I made fun of country music. You know, brother asked me, he says, can you play it? Oh, you just play everything. No, he asked me. Oh, he asked Yeah, because I was making, I was joking it. You oh, know, okay. I, was, I was clowning it. Mm-hmm. And so he said, can you play it? Can you play with that much soul and that much grit? Can you do that? Of course. And I, and I, I no, I couldn't. Oh, you could not. I didn't have the slightest idea as to how to even approach country music. Yeah, but you had an ear. Because anybody that's starting an off with that straight ahead jazz yeah. is already bad. That ear is no joke. But the thing about it is, it's like country has its own niche. It does. And unless you understand it and you yeah. can do it. That pattern. Don't put it down. It's signature. Right, <laughs> right, right. You know, and right. that's what this brother told me. Wow. And I had to stop and back up. And yeah. get off my own little high horse and go listen to some stuff. When I did it, I got gigs. Okay, and you yeah. okay? So you came back doing the country? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and had no shame in my game. Oh, they got high paying gigs too, yeah. right? Kaching, kaching. No, let's talk about because we got to get back to the money because I want to know the sun beer. <laughs> how much was you in L.A.? You said you guys was kind of high siding a little bit. You was making good money. Y'all was surviving. We were surviving. Okay, so did that band ultimately tour? What happened after that? You guys dismantled and you decided, you know what? I'm gonna head back. Basically, uh, it, it wasn't uh, because it was a it was a Guna and, Son, and and Bears group. The record company had one idea as go. to the direction of the band. Aguna and Bear had a different had idea. had that you know their artistic direction. Uh-huh. And whenever that happens with the power brokers mm-hmm. and the artists, usually the artist loses. The artist always loses. Yeah, yeah the so, artist always loses. So from L.A., what was your transition from there? Oh, when you said, okay, because it seems like, I mean, that's a, that is, you. there's some amazing strides because starting with the mentors that you had here in SAC, you go to Dallas and you basically network with them, come back to, and you get a gig in L.A. And then what's, what's next? Uh, it just, uh, basically, I came back to town and, did uh, I started my own groups? Okay, I, yeah. I, I did some top forty stuff right here in Sacramento. That's what. Okay, yeah. that's let's fast yeah. forward to that when when Roger Smith was born in terms of your own sound yeah. and your own signature sound. Put um, a couple of groups together here. Yeah, yep. <laughs> let's talk about them groups. <laughs> one, uh, what was the very first one? Uh, I think it was Bumping Company. And y'all got to remember, yeah. I'm taking this man all the way back. Like it's so <laughs> funny because we I, I had some questions that I asked him, but I I always like off the cuff. 
stuff because you know you, you that's the authenticity in that so there's authenticity in that so we, we're off we're off the cuff here because <laughs> i'm being nosy now but no i would like to know you know how you developed your bands and let's start talking about the bands here that you basically spearheaded well uh there were a couple the first here in sacramento yeah uh uh, Bump and Company um, started in Austin and then uh, came back out here and, and we put, what was the word? I think it was Menagerie and uh, another group that I put together, which has a story behind it called Mighty Whitey. Oh, I've heard of it. Okay, I've heard yeah. of Mighty Whitey. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a story behind that. And I also would sit in a, from time to time with Larry's group, uh, which was McNasty. Uh, McNasty. Um, and then I had another group, uh, I forget the name of it, uh, we played at, uh, I can't even think of the name of this band. It was Ingrid and Company. And it was all right. top 40. All top, top 40. 40 yeah. So you, at that time, were not doing or spearheading any of your original music? Not yet. Uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't do that until I got with my brothers Aaron Smith on drums, Alphonse Key, Stephen Dallas, and we had a group called Thunder Wonder. Wait a minute. These names, let me tell you yeah. something about these names. Hey. I ain't heard no names this bomb in a long time. <laughs> Thunder Wonder, okay, yeah. and this was your band, my band. And yeah. uh, in essence, you guys played the entire circuit, or did you tour? Was it primarily local here? Primarily local. Local. Yeah, we we just uh, just regionally around Northern Cal. Okay, yeah. and then from there, um, you know what what I find um, is you know top forty bands. It kind of. It, it's, it's actually been a lot of music scene has been slowing down a lot here in Sacramento. It's up and down. Let's just say that. Let's mm-hmm. up and down. Um, but I'm curious as to how it was then. Were you guys able to make a living where you do four or five days a week here in Sacramento where you guys were playing almost every night, um, getting paid pretty good money to where you wanted to be full-time musicians or were you guys keeping the day jobs? Well, basically, know? a lot of guys had to keep day jobs. Now, you have to remember back in the entire 80s time, yes. up, up until the early 90s, uh-huh. there were a lot of places like the the old Red Line Inn and Sacramento Inn, which is now gone. Oh, wow. I saw it. Yeah. Both those came... places used to house top 40 bands. Yeah. Um, I was with one group here, Cherry Blend. Now, that's a top 40 name for you. Cherry Blend. Cherry My Blend. goodness. Yeah. That's... Now, what happened with those groups, they would get contracts and they would sit in these clubs Two four weeks, you get a whole month. Oh, you get and, a month gig. Oh yeah, and and you play five residency. Six a week. Yeah, residency. Then you leave that hotel and you go to the next one up in Seattle, Ooh. or you go to the next one up in Nevada. So a month at a time. So you go around the circuit. Okay? Oh my god! So uh, that's one band. Um, uh, let's see. There were a lot of clubs here in town at the time. Old Sacramento had some. Uh, but if you were a group uh, that had more than three blacks in it, it might be an issue. Yeah, now that is, I'm glad you said that because I, I find that it is a little bit of an issue now, <laughs> you know. But we we know that to be the case, you know. So then was it a lot of, uh, well, there's a lot of politics in that where, you know, like you said, I mean, three, if you get three brothers in the band, you might not get booked. It wasn't politics. It was just straight up bigotry. Bigotry. That's what, and that's what it is now. And that's what it is still. It hasn't changed in my opinion to some, some degree it has, but also I think the level of musicianship has changed the, um, in terms of, you know, musicians even being serious, getting those residencies, we could, we would never see that, you know, now. No. So, so in, in saying that, um, so you basically in order to survive had to keep a very, extremely diverse band basically absolutely that and 
thus Mighty Whitey. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Where did you get this name, Mighty Whitey? Let's talk about this Mighty All Whitey. Right. <laughs> in, in, in keeping up with that conversation, uh, I I was the musical director for the late Coke Escovito. Okay. Escovito, oh so yes. Uh huh. I'm a right, huge, a, I'm yeah. huge on the Escovitos. Yeah. We, we we had a group called Vida, and uh-huh. uh, in that band uh, we had uh, Bobby G's mom. Oh, Bobby G's mother. Bobby G's oh mother, my Claudia, God. and uh, 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 her sister Claudia, uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, Barbara. And uh, another lady from uh, the Bay Area. Wow. And uh, that was Coke Escovito's group. Now, this is what happened. We came uh, here to Sacramento, and I wanted the band. We had just gotten signed to Mercury Label, and we were getting ready to hit, hit the tour with Ohio Players. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, that's a nice so, tour, honey. Yeah, so we were getting <laughs> ready to do that. And I wanted the band to get some more ex- exposure and experience. So I went to a club that I won't mention, and... Uh, for an off night, like Sunday or Monday. Look, we don't want any money. Just let us get up here and play. Let for us your, play. Yeah, you know, because there's no. There and no mind band. you, Mighty Whitey is yeah. predominantly black. Yeah, no, this wasn't Mighty Whitey. Oh, this is this another is band. This is group. Oh, the Vita. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So we, uh, I went and to ask the guy, Bay Area. And, and the guy right here in Sacramento, the guy told me says, uh, "It's a color thing, Rod. You understand? If you can put the girls in the back." He said that. Uh, I'm quoting. I'm quoting, <laughs> and. Uh, the uh, Mick Valentino, who was our mm-hmm. guitar player, I know he Valentino. about lost his mind. I had to hold him back. He was ready to punch him out. Oh, yeah. And I had to really, you know, but anyway, that's, so long story short, you know, uh, we did a record with Coke. Fast forward, I came back and I put a band together based on that incident. Wow. Of, of, of all white guys. I'm the only brother. Uh-huh. And called it Mighty Whitey. In that, oh. And my. went right back to the same booking agents that, shunned us that shunned you and uh said i have this band and so i came at him because i'd done vegas and i, I know how you've done guys. a lot of, uh-huh. i said so look here's what we're gonna do we're gonna all dress up in white suits and we're gonna do this and we're gonna yeah. just call it mighty whitey my name will be james whitey johnson and we got james Mickey whitey white, jo- you know and and they swallowed it the big fish hook doesn't surprise me and and Not within in this two city. weeks within that, that, two weeks that doesn't surprise within me. two weeks dear we were working, you were booked. working and, in places where and I couldn't not even much think has about changed because you know? I, I promise you this, and I, you know, not much has changed in terms of that. It's still if you if you have a, I actually was was told numerous times, actually, funny enough, by black musicians that I actually could not have a live band uh, here and be successful. I would need a white girl front, a white woman front to do that. And so it's, <laughs> it, it's still sometimes that way in terms of the larger gigs. That's mm-hmm. what they say. But hey, we keep it moving no matter. We're artists. Oh, this is what we do. Yeah. We don't, hey, we <clears throat> keep on. But, but it's great that you're calling this out because it is a real thing. So t- Mighty Whitey went on to do, I'm imagining, Amazing things, just even based on that yeah, well, name just, alone. We, we, you know, it, what was amazing about it was the fact that we were booked in places that we couldn't get to. Within yeah, it was 10, open to- 10 days. And all of a sudden, we're booked in places where we couldn't touch. You know, oh, and my even a, Even we came here and we worked right over there on Stockton Boulevard at Touch of Class. Which used to be Floyd Boston's. Uh, let's and, talk about that touch of class. Yeah. So I want to tell people, mm-hmm. see, because you, you guys are part of the the, the 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 groups, and you you guys are the history here with Elgin. 
Yes. Right. Elgin Bradley, yeah. <laughs> with with Elgin, uh-huh. and you guys basically were spearheading this soul movement that we have here now. Because I always try to again, Roger, I I bring folks like you on because it's like I just like folks to know the history. Because sometimes we get caught up, and especially with social media, we all get caught up in the the glamour of it all, saying, "Oh, our band is playing here, our band is playing here." But there is a foundation, and you're part of that. You well, started you know, so that. The, let me say something to the audience listening. This conversation isn't intended to be negative. It's not intended nope. to put anything down or to be, you know, like poo-pooing and nope. all that kind of stuff. Mm-mm. It's just uh, telling the facts as I experienced Yeah, it. a journey of a musician, yeah. an and, artist. Uh, especially here in this town. Yeah. Because uh, I grew up here basically and played just about every hole in the wall in this <laughs> place. Uh-huh. Uh, Almost none left out. None left out. Yeah. Uh, and you probably wouldn't trade yeah. those any of those experiences because it's helped shape you. Oh, I no. I mean, it's shaped. Not, not one. I mean, not you one. know, those, those type of things, you know, when we speak of that, to be honest, it's, it doesn't matter because we go, we keep on moving, especially as artists. We're a lot more free spirited. Um, so in essence, we're going to just keep on doing our thing. But in saying that, it's helped shape you. So you did Touch a Class and Brown's Paradise, all these, these bands. But when did you decide that you're going to say, I'm ready? to do my original music because you know what I got that it I, I feel like people need to hear signature Roger and I need to, to let them know who I am as an artist it started uh, in, in Austin uh, going back a little bit with uh, Blind Melon we started writing original tunes however we uh, me uh, <laughs> I wasn't quite mature enough or savvy to understand all the dynamics and all the nuances within this music industry. Oh, wow. So fast forward, um, I had an opportunity. Oh, uh, I think I was working. I forgot who I was working with, but uh, it was many years ago uh, to do this one record and uh, went down to Studio C and I put together the record called My Colors. Um, and that record still stands up to me. It's, my uh, Colors, it's called. Yeah, that's my very first record. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's called My Colors. Wow. Yeah. That okay, so and you were basically still in sack. Oh yeah, still in sack when you dropped that. And when did you decide? Hell, okay, I want to go on the road. Did you go on your road with your own music, or did you have other other? No, I was always working with other artists. Uh, okay, uh, uh, musical director of Club Nouveau, Jay King's. Group oh, Jay King's group. Uh huh. Uh, uh, and 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 several other, you know, doing that. Uh, just just a myriad of other stuff. Yes, you know, like not just local, but doing a everything. Lot of studio stuff. Um. But my colors was, I had something I had to say. Oh, my gosh. And that's how. Based on those experiences and things that you've, of course, seen on your musical journey, I'm sure. Correct. Right. So what is Roger Smith's signature sound? I mean, what do you find? You know, a lot of times I feel like, uh, you know, sometimes folks will box you naturally. You know, record labels even then were saying, oh, you're a soul artist. Oh, yeah. You're a funk artist. You're a jazz artist you're and not only just jazz you're straight ahead or you're acid or you're you know you know what i mean yeah. so it, it what where, where, where do you place yourself if you do you know i really I, you know like i had a hit uh on the quote-unquote smooth jazz thing mm-hmm. uh tune call off the hook oh we it all was, remember uh, off yeah. the hook and um we remember that because actually to me it was the most played yeah it it it, it God, for lack of a better, it blew up. It did. You know? It blew up. <laughs> um, but, you know, like you always have, you know, like in the industry, they will box you in. So it, it's, you know, I, I was, you know, working with Tower Power at the time. And also me, Aguna, Bear, 
and um, a guy named John. We were playing up in Tahoe a lot just before I dropped that record. Okay. And, uh, you know, we were doing our own stuff up there. It was, uh-huh. it was, a, it was a, a hybrid of our original stuff. Of everything. And, and, and Top 40, <laughs> we had a, it was fun. We were having a blast up there. Um, but, you know, uh, when that record came out, uh, it worked for me. Then I did another one, and I got signed to the label. And this is when smooth jazz was coming about. Uh, that's when the labels start coming in. I was pretty much pigeonholed as a smooth jazz artist based on... Because you had a major label. Yes. I remember. Yeah, it was JVC. I remember where we were when Off the Hook dropped. I remember um, you doing every festival here and turning it out, coming in your linen. You know, you had the the white linen, had it going on, y'all. He was looking good. You know, Roger was looking good. You know, he come in and twinkle on them keys, just just tear it up. But it really was a great representation for the city because I'll have to be honest with you. I remember my early 20s, but it was like um, I actually had not seen any major artists uh, put out original music and have that level platform like that in Sacramento for a long time. It had been a while. Yeah, it, it had been a while here in town. Like it's. That's why, you know, it's... Um, in terms of that genre. In, of that, no, uh, just myself. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm, that's yeah. from here. From here. You know, um, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, just... But yeah. Y- you had, you didn't have a diverse, as a diverse band at that time, but they were still booking you just based on the sound. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Your sound was just like, yeah. you know, uh, amazing. So did you keep that band, you know, with Aguna, you know, and then you, I mean, Valentino, you guys, would you guys keep that band and just get on the road? Or did you, a new opportunity... I want to start with Tower of Power. How did that actually come about? Because I tell you what, um, Marlon had, um, Marlon's in the studio guys today, but it was years ago. It's been a long time, but he was like, well, I'm going to go take you to see, see one of the baddest bands up, up around here. You don't know about this. <laughs> I knew who Tower Power was, but I remember uh, us going down to uh, Reno. And when I tell you, y'all was tight. I mean, it was actually, I have to say that I'm not just saying this because you're here, Roger. It was actually the tightest, the baddest band I had seen on stage ever in terms of concert, in terms of a show. So how did that opportunity come about? Because I know you didn't do, there was a long, long time where you didn't do your original music and all of a sudden they, they said, Roger's on the road. Yeah, well, it, it started, uh, we were playing, I think I was up in Tahoe for about five years. We had a I think a house gig up there. Uh-huh. And uh, Tower Power came through there. I got a phone call from the sax player, good friend of mine, Norbert Stachel. And he said, they're looking for an organ player. Are you interested? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, and because uh, I've been knowing him for a long time. For Met years, him when he's I was a friend. Night. Anyway, so uh, Emilio, the leader of the band. Emilio, uh-huh. Dave Garibaldi came in to see me. And uh, the guitar player, and they said, you need to be in the band. You know, so that, the rest is history. That's how I got the gig. The rest is history. Yeah. Just on, well, you got the gig because uh, you burn up them keys. Yeah. Them, you know, they, for it or not, you would, you still, <laughs> it was an audition, but you got an inside audition. So tell me what that's been like. Um, Tower Power, first of all, what I know about them is that they are probably the most, <laughs> they do the most gigs out of any band <laughs> on earth. I mean, like, I, I, I always wonder, the booking agent is probably, passed out somewhere now just burn out because guys 
I'm sitting here again with with Roger Smith, Sacramento's own Roger Smith. And, of course, we all know he plays in one of the most legendary bands in the world, uh, Tower of Power. But they gig almost, I think one one year was like, I looked at your uh, website, it was like 300 gigs for the, for the yeah, year. Yeah, 300 book. We, we did uh, last year, we, we nailed 200, 200 gigs. Uh, like I was telling you earlier, six months, seven months time, I logged 180,000 plus air miles. Air miles. Air mi- Wait yeah. a minute. Air miles. Air miles. That, okay, so guys, let me put this into perspective here. <laughs> this man stays in the air, <laughs> like basically. <laughs> but what's great about that, Roger, tell me about your experiences on the road with Tower of Power and what's it like you guys being a legendary band just on the road that many days out of the year? I mean, first of all, it's quite an impact because, of course, live instrumentation, it gets no better than that. But to be on the road pretty much, you know, every day almost out of the year, minus maybe the holidays what's that like for you what's that experience been like playing with this band well it, it's um for longevity see i've been in the band now a little over t- oh man it's been about 20 20 plus years and um so first of all the music is a challenge first secondly s- s- you know following in the footsteps of the great chester thompson the organist yes i uh-huh. know um those are big feet man and uh you know, doing that, um, we do tour quite a bit. So, you know, like um, uh, you kind of get into the mode of and the mental psyche after a while. The first four or five years, oh, man, I was giddy because we're going here, we're going there, we're all over the world. Yeah, the first five after, years. Yeah, and then after that, it was like, oh, man, I got to go again. Gotta, oh, my you goodness. Got to do this again. But now it's, um, I think back on my dad who had to get up every morning at four and go punch a clock. Yeah, you know, and do something that I'm mm-hmm. sure he would not. He would rather have been doing something else. Of course. So of I course. keep that visual. And I keep mm-hmm. that thought in my mind of my dad having to do what he had to do to support us. Now here I am doing what I need to do to support my household, but I'm doing what I love. You're doing what you love. You know. Now, sure, the travel can get a little arduous, but at, that being said. You know, all I got to do is get on the plane. Am I loading my gear? No. Do I touch my gear other than on the gig? No. No. Yeah. You know. And you're playing on some of the greatest stages in the world. So tell me what was what is what has been one of your favorites? Let's so say, um, you know, uh, one of your favorite Royal gigs. Albert Hall. Okay, and where's that? That's in London. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It sound it's probably an extraordinary hall. It 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 it. it there are a lot of an bones auditorium, a lot of bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love the Royal Albert Hall, um, Lake Cuomo, uh, Italy. That's another good spot. Uh, um, we just played St. Petersburg, Russia. Oh, Russia! Very interesting. Uh, this we, man we, has been all we've over. Done it twice already over there. Uh, Dubai is another one. Uh, so it's you know, but I if I would think that uh, Lake Cuomo, some of the more subtle, you know, smaller places I like. The small, okay, the smaller places. Now tell me this, um, you know, what has the musical journey been like? So, for example, I can't imagine being on the road with a huge, because the band, how many members in the band? Ten. Ten. 
how is it on the road with 10, 10, 10 uh, guys? And uh, is it, you know, do you guys have these wild stories now? Or do you find that maybe years ago mm-hmm. there was some, you know, wild, crazy stories or, you know, just, you know, even, you know, getting, you know, at, at, at your age now compared to, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, what's it like? What's the difference now as opposed to years ago? Years ago, you have to go further than 20. <laughs> like, <laughs> when it was totally crazy uh-huh. but um uh, so for 30 the, 40 years oh, at least, like, yeah. uh-huh. and then, then it was nuts uh-huh. you know uh-huh. i mean in every aspect yeah but, are you pre- i guess you know. I, my question really is are are you have you been present in it because i noticed i mean to me it's such an extraordinary thing for um a man of your stature to just be able to do what he loves and 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 then have impact and be able to inspire the masses um have you been present in that (sighs) that's a good question (laughs) yeah wow um that's a real good question yeah (laughs) you know i i guess you know i i'm the type person that i'm day by day minute by minute and i'm always i try to be present is that if that's the case uh-huh. in each minute, you know, like sometimes my body's there and the rest <laughs> of me. Is, well, cause know. well, yeah. Well, you if know. you're traveling 200, yeah. 200 days out of the year, yeah. you got different gigs, you may be tired, but there's certain times where you in that favorite theater yeah. where you're like, let me soak this up because yeah. I feel like artistry and what you do is that that's closest to God, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. you know, that type of uh, level of artistry and just period, whether people are playing and they're singing in their shower and they could sing. But I, I, I really, uh, music is, is what makes the world go around. So it's like, I wonder if you're soaking it up when people are like, can I get an autograph? Well, you can know, I- like the autograph thing, you know, like I'm, I'm you know, when anybody asks me for my autograph, that's mm-hmm. a blessing. Yeah. Oh, but, you wow. Know, like, it's, it's because, you know, like, uh, and, and it's not an ego trip. It's not vanity or nothing like that. It's the fact that they've been listening and that they, they have that much respect, I guess, uh-huh. or, or admiration. Of whatever. course. Uh, so... I, I, it's my pleasure to be, be there for them in that we have to sign autographs a lot of the times. Uh, I take my time and go through it. We go to some of the schools with the kids. Uh-huh. Uh, I spend time with it. And taking pictures. Yeah, and all, all of it. Uh, all that. of it, man. You know, like I can be dead dog tired. Mm-hmm. And just like I can speak for everybody else in the band. Dead dog tired, but they're gonna. That smile's gonna be there, oh my and they're gonna gosh. give it their all. They're gonna give that audience everything we got. You know, after we get off stage, and trust me, we're not spring chicks. <laughs> so when we get done, we are beat. Yeah, you well, know. And but uh, the fact that these people pack everywhere we play is sold out. It's sold it's out. It's always sold out. It always. And, yeah. Uh, there's no way I'm gonna turn around and 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 show my back to these people. Wow. Well, and to yeah. me, there's magic in that humility. I mean, and I I have to uh, say thank you for that in terms of just, you know, oftentimes with me, Roger, there's a lot of artists. I've met major artists like yourself. Um, and sometimes I don't want to meet them because I don't want to perhaps be, I don't want to say disappointed, but I don't want to have to look at them in a different light. So it's so amazing to see someone gifted as you with that level of humility. And because that also to me opens up, 
you know, it, it, it to me, it just opens you up and people can 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 be more inspired or get more inspired. And it just it just makes me look more even more up to you. You know what I mean? Oh, well, that, that, that's very nice. Of you to it say. does. You know, it does. But I, I learned a lot like this, this little community here in Sacramento. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I have to bring it all right back to this community here mm-hmm. because a lot of my lessons, a lot of the stuff that I learned. Sure. I learned a lot on the road. Yeah. I've been fortunate and blessed to have played with a lot of different people. But that being said, it all started right here in this little speck. In Sacramento. That they call it, Sac Town, what you Sac call Tomatoes, the Chitlin Chitlin you know, Circuit. Chitlin Circuit started back there. But, you know, like musicians like this. We have Larry Davis, mm-hmm. Aguna G's son, uh, 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 Marlon, uh, Odell Ross, mm-hmm. guys like that, Derek D.O.A. Allen, yeah. Bobby G. Jr., Wow. Bobby G. Senior. senior. I know. I just met you know, senior. Claudia, uh, Barbara, as mom and auntie mm-hmm. that I've worked with in this I just town. met Claudia, yeah. actually. And uh, people like that, that that molded and shaped me. Well, the, the, the older generation mm-hmm. that molded and shaped me uh, and helped me through certain things. Mm-hmm. Even some of the club owners, Elgin Bradley. Elgin, see? El- Elgin's been in my corner for years, and he stayed there. Um uh, Floyd Boston, God rest his soul. Yeah, rest in peace. A, 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 interesting cat, but boy, I learned a lot from him. <laughs> he was no, he yeah. wasn't no host bard. He yep, wasn't playing. Yeah, yep. and um, but he kept a live band in his always, always, always. Uh-huh. always. And, and you know, there, there, there's so many guys in town. You know, you have drummers, uh, bass players. Too many to even mention. Uh, the Charlie Peacocks that came from here. A totally different genre of music. Mm-hmm. I worked with him a lot. Mm-hmm. Some of the Christian acts. Amy Grant, I worked with her. Oh, Amy Michael Grant. Michael W. Smith. All all these, you know, but Sacramento based. And I and I owe it all to this home. To this city. To this pile, right? This here. pile, this group yeah. of folks here. Yeah. And I, I oh, it's so great. He's homegrown, y'all. He homegrown here, <laughs> right here in Sacramento. Um, I will say this. Um What's it like, and we're going to be wrapping it up because I know you got a big project. Uh, Roger just stopped in for a little (laughs) while, y'all, for those of you guys. Um, He's got a new album out. Uh, Be sure to check it out. Just Another Day, he just dropped his new single. Um, Let's actually talk about that, and then we'll go on to a couple other questions I have. But you have a new single out, Mm -hmm. and let's chat about that. When did you decide, after all these years, because how long (laughs) has it been, Roger? It's been a long time. It's been a long long time. time. It's been a while now. How long? Was it 07? The last record I put out had to have been, let's see, uh, I don't consider it, I did a 360 record. That, oh, that's been 10 years ago. <laughs> see, I had to think uh, about it. Man, <laughs> man. So it's been a while. So this one, uh, you know, it, it took a minute to put together because it's, it, the title is Just Another Day, and the song was written and produced by another local artisan. Fabulous. Bad cat. Derek D-O-A. Oh, they be talking about yeah. that D-O-A. D-O-A. Let me tell you something. Yeah. He he's like a quiet storm because he be back there. You know, D-O-A is so cool. Every time I meet D-O-A, so chill, so cool, laid back. He be like, "Hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. You That's good. Deep. You good? All right then. Yep. See you later. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but a genius behind the scenes. Oh no, he, so, he, he's ridiculous. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Okay. So just another day, uh, we did that. Over 10 years ago. Uh, over 10 years ago. That song was written, and, and Derek, you have to correct me if you're listening. Uh, it was it was written, let's see, 10, I'd say close to 15 years ago that song was written. Close to 15 years. Yeah. It don't sound like. Yeah. 
And uh, so I just played it. It don't sound yeah, like no. T- I, I, I I pulled it in because for me, with the life that I've lived and what wow. I have to be grateful for, um, to survive the way I've been surviving, I look at it just another day to be grateful, thankful, mm-hmm. to uh, uh, to be in love, to see another day. Uh, so I tried to put this record together for my listening audience for their just another day when wow. they wake up, you know, so it, I didn't focus on one style of music. Yeah. So just another day is a chilled haunting thing. You know, it's just like uh, just another day and you could take it for however you want to take it. You know, uh, the record encapsulates all, you know, encompasses many different fields. I mean, and what, what's amazing is that it's timeless music because for you to be able to take something from 10 years ago and, and, and drop it now. So why now, though? It's time. It's time. It was time. It's and, time. And like I said, I, I was feeling it with Just Another Day. When I put the CD cover together, you'll notice there are no vanity shots. There are none. And yeah. actually, I ha- hey, guys, I have the CD here, um, Just Another Day here. Um, you're getting some comments on here. Let me. I'll go to the comments here in a second. But, uh, yeah, Roger Smith got it going on. Um, wow. Yeah, you're right. No vanity, no... It's very simple, and I like actually this. What what? Uh, why this cover? That cover just represents where my head is at in terms of peace, in terms of calm. Uh huh. You know and where you're at in your life. So yeah. and, and 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 what I liked about Roger when I when I came in here, guys, he I, he said that no questions are off limits. So I would like to ask him and have him answer on on here is how old are you, Roger Smith? I've uh, been around the sun. 70 times. 70 times. That that is extraordinary and guys, if you could see his skin in here, <laughs> if you could see this man's skin and you see how run, he looks. You would run. <laughs> you are, he looks amazing and the, his presence is amazing and when you're taking care of yourself and being kind to people and putting out what he puts out, just that good energy and that good vibe. And I'm imagining it has something to do too with your home life. I don't know much about, about <laughs> wifey, but I know that every time, a couple of times that I have crossed paths with her, she's an amazing woman. Thank you for that. Yeah, an amazing woman. Matter of fact, she's out at the winery now doing my job. Oh, I, well, okay. So he's got so much, literally, you know what? I probably end up having to do a part two. I might be able to get him and DOA back out here, guys, because first of all, they are doing me a favor in terms of helping me continue to extend the enrichment, continue to enrich. Um, These guys, when I want to get inspired, I always look up and look at the history of things. And uh, again, this is the foundation, DOA. There's so many people, Marlon, folks, Odell Ross, Mm. Bobby G., Everybody that he was naming, I've crossed paths with, and they've inspired me in some type of way. And hopefully they can inspire uh, a lot of the younger generation out there right here that's doing music. Let, let me make a suggestion for you. If, if these people are listening, uh, like guys from from my generation, the you know, like the Larry Davises. Larry Davis. Uh-huh. You need to grab Aguna Sun and Tanya Aguna. Scarlett yeah. up in here yeah. to, to, to talk about and continue my story. The conversation. You know, about that entire time in life yeah um and 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 who was around here playing yeah and what they endured and what they went through exactly uh the wealth of knowledge Mm -hmm. that i think a lot of the young players in town uh that don't have the opportunity to interact yeah 
with, don't have with, the opportunity. With, 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 with some of they're the, great, but they just you know, don't have the yeah. opportunity to. They they don't have a you know they mm-hmm. they sound good. They're very talented. But very. Yeah. At the same token, really, you did that. You know, they, <laughs> you know they they don't have a clue. Yeah, yeah, you know? and I think I've always said it. Le- legends hide out, and um, I know there's some legends that may be dialed in here to to me. And legend does not mean somehow over a certain age. You can be a legend. It, it, to me, it, it, it's it's all about you know your impact. You know mm-hmm. uh, the the artistry itself, the brilliance in the artistry, the humility in that. I mean, there's so many things we can say about that. But a lot of you legends out there are getting, <laughs> uh, quiet. So he's setting the, the example because I really want to get you guys in here to chat about the history of this city uh, because I just think that a lot of folks don't know. But I want to talk about this. <laughs> oh, the bump city. Let yeah. me tell you something. Y'all know I love some wine, okay? <laughs> now, Roger Smith came in here with a big old bottle of wine because guess what? Let's talk about your winery, your wine company, yes. Bump City Wine Company. That's extraordinary. Let's talk about this. Okay. Well, um, where do I start? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did that come yeah. about in the midst of you doing over 200 gigs? Well, here, here's gig. what happened. Okay. My partner, Mike, Mike Smolich and I, as an old friend of mine, we've been together for over 38 years. Our wives worked together. We would always, we had a love for wine. Uh, my love for wine stems from the, the curiosity as to what makes fermented grape juice do what it do. Here we go. Let's talk. You know. I, I, it, it amazes me. So we'd always wow. go to these B&Bs and we'd always uh, taste different wines and all that kind of stuff. We even made our own Zinfandel up in Amador. We oh, did, my goodness. We did two, Amador two, County. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, we did our own stuff. It wasn't for sale. It was just, you know, learning. Um, uh, the buyer for Costco tasted our last Zinfandel, our reserve Zin, and he looked at me and says, you need your own label. I said, look, man, music I got, but retail wine business, I don't have the slightest idea. He says, I got somebody I want you to meet. So we get in the car, I drive down to Sonoma, and I meet this gentleman uh, who has about, and he was managing or owns over 2,500 acres of prime Sonoma Carneros, Sonoma Coast, Lake County vineyards, and uh, all the varietals, Cabernet, all the way to Pinot Grigio, all the way to Alabama. Oh, that Pinot Grigio, so, what he brought in today, yeah. too. <laughs> so, so the guy asked me, he says, what do you want to do? I said, I have the slightest idea. What do you want? Maybe maybe if I do one or two, maybe 50 or 60 cases. He goes, that's it? I said, Wait. yeah, that's it. I said, that's all I want to do. He says, he, he reaches in his pocket, true story, reaches in his pocket, took his keys out, threw them on his desk, looked at me and says, okay, uh, you get in my pocket too deep, I'll touch you on your shoulder. Place, place <laughs> oh is yours. Oh, my goodness. Place what? is yours. Wait, the place is yours? Not, you know, figuratively. But I get it. I yeah. get it. And so, like, all of his, his feels... All the grapes I could, whatever I wanted to do, his winemaker, his bottling, his labeling thing, all of it. Everything. Everything was so right there for you my, were at my this, disposal. At your disposal. And how many right now, how many members? Because that that is, you've got a lot of wine. Yeah, we have about, in our club. Uh, in the wine club. 1,100. Like that. That's a lot. Yeah. So for those of you who want to join the Bump City Wine Company, Wine Club, the <laughs> Wine Club, the Bump City Wine Club. Yep. You guys be sure to follow Bump City. It's on Facebook. It's Am on I right? Facebook, www.bumpcitywineco.com. What's your favorite wine with the Bump City? Which, what's your well, favorite? Our, our, our brand is Bump City Red, which is a Bordeaux blend. Ooh. Yeah. 
that, that's the one we started with, and that's the one that I always go to. Now, we have seven others. And I think I <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we have Cabernet. We have Bump City Red. We have Zinfandel. We have Pinot Noir. We have Pinot Grigio. We have Chardonnay. We have Alberino. Okay, we got to get out yeah, we have to the port, Bump City. You know. Okay, so yeah. on your wine tasting is on what days? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. From what time to what time? 11 to 5. See, this right here, guys. Now, do you guys have live music on occasion? On occasion. Okay, because I've seen your band featured there. Y'all been, you've killed it. You bring in, you know, some of your local friends and come yeah. and jam. Now, here's, here's what happens. It's, it's not a jam session. I always bring groups in to entertain the wine club. Okay, and it's got only, you. They're private, uh, private parties for uh-huh. my wine club members only twice a year. I bring in the entire production. We set up a stage out back outside. It's under the stars. Oh, my and, goodness. And uh, uh, the first one we did, it was uh, myself, uh, Dave Matthews, part of Santana's group. Oh, and wow, Dave Matthews. And, uh, you know the Dave that, Matthews band? That, you work with the yeah, Dave? I worked with Dave Matthews. I did. This is why I say, this is why I yeah. say a part two. This is, I'm going to have to call <laughs> him on the phone <laughs> when I get some other guys in here because, there's so much, so many questions I still have, but it's it's just so amazing to uh, have you in here. What I want to know though is now that you've dropped an album, because you remember off the hook, yep. you did a couple spot shows. I now did. since you're with Tower Power and you guys do so many gigs, do you expect to have any local shows? Uh, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. <laughs> I don't it, like the word hope. You know, uh, like, you know, like there's this. always hope. Keep hope. <laughs> keep hope. You know, but I, I, I'm looking at two, 2020. Um, being an interesting year, an interesting year. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, we yeah. like we like interesting years. Yeah, we like so that. Things are going to be jumping. I hope in twenty twenty, and uh, when it comes to playing and doing more Roger Smith tunes and Roger Smith gigs, yeah. with different people, with different people, yeah. and that that's a that's what we're here for. I need to see a Roger. It's been years, right, Marlon? I think since we've seen a Roger Smith show. How many years? I mean, outside of Tower Power, because Tower Power, y'all just shut it down. Y'all shut stages down all over. We will be, you guys will be here at Thunder Valley. 27th, 28th, December. December 27th, 28th. You got it, guys. Got to check your band out. But I do want to ask this last question. I know you're on the run, Roger, but um, if it, 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 what would you have to say to, um, you know, those who are doing music right now, um, any age, really, that, that not even go to youngsters, but those who are wanting to do this uh, professionally and wanting to, or because or, or, there's a lot of, I'm being honest with you, I'm coming across a lot of people that get discouraged in music, especially because Sacramento sometimes, Sacramento is great, but to me it's kind of still its own little hub that is kind of tight-knit, and if you're not in a certain uh, you know, uh, what do they call it, click, then mm-hmm. somehow you you may not get the gigs. But what would you say to an up-and-coming or a musician or an artist? Well, um, Sac- Sacramento, you know, and I can speak on this, and I can speak on it with a lot of authority and absolutes, and whether you agree with me or not, yeah, this is a fact. Sacramento was a hub for a lot of clubs. There were a lot of clubs here. Wow. The city has made it extremely difficult to do anything. It made it difficult for club owners. Mm-hmm. It made it difficult, Real for, difficult for, club owners, uh, for, for people of, um, how do I put this? People who were uh, a darker shade than uh, brown <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. To, to do things mm-hmm. uh, by rules and regulations. Uh, there are a few places to play. However, these few places like uh, downtown at Cesar Chavez Park, I think is where it is. Or Cesar uh, Chavez. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you don't see a lot of diversity. I mean, not, you know, there, not, not a lot of diversity. There, there, I there's mean, very I mean, little yeah. diversity. Mm-hmm. And the diversity that comes in is 
imported. Gotcha. Uh, mm-hmm. So the yeah. local musicians here in town, with the exception of maybe three bands, mm-hmm. maybe four, uh, that we would all know, don't have a chance. True. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you have another club in town that's, uh, you know, there's no money there. Yeah. And another club that there's no money there. Mm-hmm. However, they do support musicians. There's a lot of them. There's, there's a few that do. Yeah. There's a few that they do. do support and it's just yeah. really the money thing. And, and, I, and I'll, I'll tell you one that is. Uh, I've always admired and have, I have the utmost respect for the Torch Club. I was going to say Marina and the Torch. Yeah, the I was Torch. just there last week. The Torch week. Club, you know, I don't get to get out that often. But what I admire about them is that they they – they just grind it out. They grind it yeah. out and they support everybody. I was just actually yeah. down there last week with Marina. Uh, there was a band I, I was checking out, and um, her and her partner uh, really do support um, yes, live do. music. I did tell them uh, the other day because they know I'm loud. I'm like, I told Mark, when you get an R and B in here? But what I like, they're really a blues club. Yeah, that you know, they're, they're signature blues club, blues folk club. You know, yeah. and I like the the vibe and the energy there. And uh, but he did say he's going to start doing a lot more soul R and B funk. But of course, I've seen Mercy Me there a million times. We mm-hmm. played there. They've welcomed us there. Uh, so I respect um, club owners like Marina, and she's not just a club owner. She, Marina's a friend. No, you she, know? She's, she's people. She's good people. Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, um, I I, uh, I I just love it, but it's just great to hear about the Sacramento was once a hub. What it was, it was, it was a major place uh, where a lot of uh, very well known acts came through. I seen wow. James Brown here. I can't count them. James Brown. Uh, I would have never know, even thought that James uh, Brown. Jimi Hendrix. I saw here all uh, just wow. You know, a myriad of of acts would come through here. Wow. Uh, now it's um it's a gas stop. Pretty much for the tour buses. Yeah, that's, you know? yeah but that's uh, true. That's true. Well, they got the arena now. There's some. There, there's a few folks coming in. Yeah, and so which which is great because we kind of needed that arena a little bit. It's a nice place. It's, it's nice. a it's a nice place. Yeah. But you know what, Roger? I really want to thank you for stopping in. Um, I hopefully can get you. I'm gonna get DOA you know out here. We have to do this again because. You know, I'm just thinking back on this entire conversation. Uh-huh. The timeline is all over the place. Yes, it is. It's like a star of David. It zoom, is. Zoom, 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 it was like you know? I kind of didn't have time to touch yeah. on. Like, really, I like to hear about the stories on the road. I also like to hear about you know, um, you know, certain cities, your experiences as artists in the sure, city. Sure. Um, I I also like to kind of hit uh, touch on you know, um, you know, how as you know, uh, a brother in music, have you been able to maintain that family structure? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what 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 you know what I mean? There's so many things, and I have so many questions. Here's what I'm gonna do for you. Because <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have some more time coming off, okay, uh, off the road. Uh-huh. I'm gonna call Laguna. Okay, call. I'm gonna em. call DOA. Okay, I'm gonna call Bobby Senior. I'm a Bobby C. Bobby G Senior. Yeah, he ain't no joke on that guitar. I saw him in his two. Fr- yeah. I saw him at a jam and, session. Uh, and Larry Davis. Yes, they welcome. And and we'll have you know. We'll sit down. We've got enough chairs and mics, yeah. right, bro? We got enough chairs and mics in here. Yeah. We can have it. Hey. And then, 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 if you really want to get some history, I do. And actually, <laughs> it's actually inspired a little bit. What, 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 what I may do is kind of like just just podcast on the history of music here yeah. in the city, here in this town, because there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot, and, and even, also too, you know, I, I don't want to, uh, 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 you know, like forget other guys because there are a lot of other great white brothers in this town. Oh, of course. That 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 have some of their rock stuff. Oh yeah. Rock, uh, booze, yeah, jazz. All, you know, that, that that are here too that can 
Open it up. Oh yeah, because you know, and and like Roger said before, we you know this artists here, we it's all a brotherhood, you know, sisterhood. We, you know, white, black, blue, purple. Hey, we don't care. You jamming, you out here in these streets because we've 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 jammed with the baddest white boys, the baddest baddest Hispanics, baddest black. You know what I'm saying? The same for you. So it's not it's not a color thing in terms of that, but what it is is it is a united thing. So I think in Sacramento, I do feel like. Um, we need to strip down the barriers and start talking about uh, the issues we are having in terms of the lack of diversity on some of these stages and the lack of money funding. Yeah. Um, I think there are club owners that would open the door tomorrow. But again, we we're getting back to, you know, maybe artists that don't want to share a flyer. I, I, I know musicians that wouldn't, you know, uh, share a flyer about where they're going to be. I, I, and not to say they're supposed to be promoters, but it is a, a unit. We need to, to there's no union. I don't know about. I mean, if we had a, uh, there used to be. There used to be. Yeah. To, oh my. See, we have. I want to know about there that used union. To be. Did people and, follow the guidelines of the and, union, or they sell out on the union? No, I, I never followed the guidelines of the union. <laughs> yeah. Number yeah. one, because the union was racist. Oh wow, wow. And, and that's one of the reasons why during the time that I, that I told you earlier, uh huh, the union was nowhere. They were collecting dues, but they weren't. They weren't putting you on, so no. you paying the dues, but, uh, but your because, yeah, other but th- counterparts were getting the jobs. They were getting the jobs, and they were okie dokieing oh, the racist man, uh, hiring practice. That's you know, and that's stuff that needs to be talked about. That yeah. goes along with the history. That's with with with, yeah. with that, that that that's not the only part of the history, but that that's a huge part as well in terms of you know who's able to get on these stages, and uh, that's still political now. You know, it still still is. But we were here for Roger Smith. Um, um, I'm here for Roger Smith. What an amazing treat. I feel like it was all over the board, but that's podcasting. And I do want to do a part two. If you would we will. welcome that because I I'll, I'll welcome whoever wants to come in this studio. And actually, we're going to be moving to a bigger location where we can actually have musicians come in and jam. Wow. You know? So, okay. uh, yeah. So it, 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 cool. <laughs> I'm just grateful to have one of the greats here <laughs> for my first time live. This is my first one on one, guys, you know. A lot of folks, you know, I'm a little loud sometimes, but you know, um, I'm, huh? you know, I'm learning. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning, y'all. I'm learning. I'm learning. But y'all know I'm crazy. I'm crazy. I'm no, crazy. No, Shadia, let me say, let me say this. I'm sorry <laughs> to cut you off, and I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna get out of here. But Sacramento, we have something starting here, and Damn. we really, I implore you to follow this lady. Oh, I'm so grateful. I implore you you to check her out, support her, because this is the seeds growing, I'm y'all. I'm so grateful. And y'all need to, you, you, you got to get on board. Support, support, support. <laughs> support. And I I so appreciate it. And thank you for, this man is the busiest man in show business, and he got time to stop to the Cloud9 Podcast Studios. How is that? So y'all locals, y'all ones that I've been trying to call, that Jimmy Morris that keeps saying no, <laughs> let me call Jimmy out. Let me call. There's a few of y'all, that Marlon Bowen that don't want to come on. I I live with this man. I'm with this man. I'm he looking right on. at him now. He's, he's over there. He's a, he got a sippy cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got a sippy cup. It's like, what? You know, the Odell Rosses, the Bobby G's, you know how it is. Hopefully we can get you guys in here. But Roger Smith, thank you so much. That's my pleasure. Uh, wishing you uh, nothing but uh, a 
great holiday season. I know y'all playing nonstop, but we will be at the Thunder Valley Show. Okay, you got it. We'll be there. And uh, I hope you will, too. Be sure to, A, follow Bump City Wine Company on Facebook. Guys, we got to support this, too. And I don't like to say support as if it's some kind of charity case. I want y'all to go out and have a good time and enjoy yourselves and and, and pay the money that you would at any winery because he got it going on. Bump City Wine Company got it going on. This Pinot Grigio. Thank you, Roger. (laughs) And be sure to, let me go ahead and bring up Roger, be sure to purchase uh, Roger Smith's new album, Just Another Day, on uh, all digital platforms. And we'll get you in here soon. Okay, we'll do it again. Appreciate you so much, Roger Smith in the building. Talk to you guys soon. We're closing out on Just Another Day with uh, Roger Smith. Y'all better buy. Purchase. Bump City Wine. Talk to you later. I'm Shadia, guys. Take care.